J.M. and the A.M. That's our news from Israel, of course. Galaitzal. Well, speaking of Israel, we we mentioned that um, that we would um, spend part of today. We're going to spend part of this morning with our brothers and sisters in Israel. Uh, yesterday was a uh, very difficult day in Israel. You could imagine they had that Shabbos break between the tragedy and the start of the funerals. And then, of course, uh, yesterday, I can only imagine what the scene was like throughout Israel. And Shabbos break for some, obviously. Not for everybody. I can only imagine how many people were involved in dealing with the uh, with the victims and the families over Shabbos. Rabbi Yigal Siegel, who to us is our chief of staff, and he's an amazing brother, and uh, in, for these purposes, what might be most important, that he's been living in Jerusalem for the last 16 years, sent me, uh, and most of you know how articulate he is and uh, how how important it is to check in with him during significant good and bad events that happen in Israel. He sent me two texts. I alluded to this earlier this morning. On the Friday morning, when I assume he woke up, we'll find out how he found out about the news, but I'm assuming he woke up and heard the news. He sent me a text that um, that um, I'm just finding it right now. Can't describe the depths of this tragedy here. I'm sure no truer words have ever been said. And then Sunday morning, uh, early Sunday morning, I mean, I, I saw this, of course, Saturday night, so sometimes Saturday night. I'm assuming that he uh, sent this. Things are bad here. Many, many funerals. Um, there is not one stream of Orthodox Judaism that wasn't represented amongst the dead. And that might just sum it up. Rabbi Yigal Siegel is in Jerusalem. Yigal, welcome back to JM in the AM. Good morning. Um... Am I right that that's how, I mean, for us, quite obviously, you know, as I was heading to the Hatzalathon about, I don't know, 6.30, 7 p.m., the news started coming out of Israel because it happened at around midnight in Mehron, or, um, yeah, that makes sense, or uh, somewhere around there, maybe just before. Uh, Am I right that you woke up to this news on Friday morning? Yes, I did. Yeah, I did not know about it Thursday night, and... uh... You know what can I say? It's uh, it's something which is a, it really staggers. Um, it, I mean, you you can't you can't wrap your head around it. Still, I mean, uh, it's something which is going to take a long time to process for a lot of people. Oh, I can only imagine. And Friday, much different than yesterday, much different than today. I think for everybody around the world, again, at different degrees. You're on the spot. Obviously, it's much more. It's much more poignant, but I think for everybody, each day is you know different in terms of the thoughts, the reaction, etc. So Friday, you wrote to me. I couldn't. I can't imagine the uh, that that nobody around the world could imagine the the situation there. How would you describe what Friday was like? Was it more trauma and shock than sadness and mourning? Well, I think uh, Friday for for most of us who you know were not there and were just waiting, you know, there were so so many people that had not been identified before Shabbos, and you know, you just kept checking the list to see if you knew somebody or someone was connected to you in some way. I think that was part of the you know the process. Right. Yesterday was more of a 
a sad day knowing that all these funerals had been happening already since, you know, even before Shabbos, there were some funerals. And, of course, Mati Shabbos was a tremendous amount. And then yesterday was were the last ones. And just, uh, I think yesterday was more sad than Friday. Yeah, rightfully, yesterday was the true national day of mourning, as the Prime Minister had announced, because uh, the shock and trauma turned into so much sadness and mourning. Or by Yigal Siegel's with us in Israel, and he's in Israel. He's in Jerusalem. I mean, I, 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 not that it's all about statistics. And you know, when you're when you're six thousand miles away, often, unfortunately, it turns into numbers. But just just uh, for a moment, in terms of the Jerusalem piece, I, I don't know if if majority is the right word, but if in fact so many from, um, it, but it seems that let's put it this way: it seems that a good number, unfortunately, of the victims were from Jerusalem. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when you look at the list of Shiva houses, which I shared on Facebook this morning or yesterday, there's uh, most of the Shiva houses, at least, are in Yerushalayim. Obviously, you have, uh, and I think the, the Gestetner Shiva house is the Waldorf Astoria Hotel. I mean, like, I don't know who was here with him, but uh, right. people are sitting Shiva for him there. Um, you know, it's it's just it's it's an overwhelming feeling of helplessness, of sadness. You know, when things happen in Israel, you usually have someone to blame, and I, I mean, to blame like it's a terrorist attack, or you know, God forbid, or any you know any of these things. You know, like oh, it's just you know, like these three these three kids were shot yesterday, so it was a terrorist attack. Here, there's no explanation for it. This is something which is a horrible, horrible tragedy, a horrible uh, situation, which you know. Obviously, people, their first reaction is, we need answers, we need someone to blame, we need someone to say who's responsible, we need, you know, we need the uh, Mayron to be closed for Vlog Bomer from now on. I mean, you know, there, there was this reaction, and personally, I feel like, uh, you know, this is the time really not to react. Right. This is the time to step back and just wait, and just mm-hmm. let the families mourn. There's so many families mourning, and just try and get a grasp on... on uh, on, on being as, as, as supportive as possible for the people who passed away. And those families include families from the U.S. and from Canada and uh, all, all around the world. Um, not, not to uh, compare, thank God, because obviously there is no comparison, but there have been situations, frankly, where I have been uh, in big crowds. I'm talking about anywhere in the world, U.S., Israel, you know, where you've been in big crowds where you start to worry about your own safety. I think you described, I don't think I'm remembering this uh, incorrectly, I think you described to us at the funeral of Rav Ovadia how you yourself felt trapped in a way because of a large crowd. My point being that what happened on uh, on early Friday morning is is not an unusual occurrence and that you know when when there are big crowds, you start to worry about your own safety. Oh, there's no question about it. I mean, Ravadji's funeral was at the Sanhedria Cemetery. I mean, obviously, it was all over Yerushalayim. But right. at that time, I was an active member of Hatzalah. So I was helping with, you know, with with just being being available in case, God forbid, someone got sick or whatever it is at the actual cemetery. Right. And we had a situation there where, you know, there was a crush of people. And thank God, you know, it didn't get to the point of someone being hurt or, but it was for a couple of seconds there, you just, feel helpless like oh my gosh this is it like you know right. these people are going to crush me and uh, you know I, I was recalling to somebody th- there's a you know th- this this ramp that they're describing up in Mayroom to me 
after hearing the description, it sounds like, you know, the ramp that, or, or the steps that one takes when you're walking, you know, through Shariafo and then you uh, eventually get to a point where there are uh, stone steps and a, you know, and a, and a railing and, you know, at my age, you got to be real. And at my age, and frankly, when it's wet, you have to be extra careful just walking down, you know, even if you, even if you're by yourself. And it and mm-hmm. and it seemed to me that that's sort of the the you know incline that people were on in Mayrone. Uh, it, it seemed like it was a wet surface for whatever reason. Not you know blaming anybody, but it was a wet surface, and uh, you know steps going down. Obviously, people trying to be careful as they realize the situation. But you know at some point there is such a you know a sea of humanity, it's impossible to control. And you know like anybody knows from a traffic jam, if something happens toward the front, there's going to be a terrible domino effect my point being that as 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 and i and obviously there has to be an investigation i understand that you know precautions we wish would have been you know in in place or something like this but i mean this is something that in a split second all of a sudden can occur just because of the circumstance that i just described and i don't know that that's what it seems happened here that because of some you know stoppage toward the front of that crowd all of a sudden, in a split second or two, the most horrible thing occurred, and it, it, it probably wasn't, unfortunately, uh, I, I mean, not unfortunately, but it, it likely just wasn't even a long process. It probably happened in a matter of seconds where everybody was crushed, and those who were able at that point to save themselves or escape, you know, turned into that in, into that mode and tried to escape. Oh, yeah, that's exactly what happened. And, uh, you know, if you remember several years ago when um, the great rabbi in B'nai Brak, Rabbi Vosner, was at his funeral, so several people were killed because of being crushed. Right. So it's not only in a situation where we had no idea what the situation was there either, but, you know, these, this is you know something that could have potentially happened whenever there's so many people around. But I want to tell you that, you know, as time goes on, we're going to hear more and more stories coming out of heroism yeah. of people who could have been killed. I mean, we already hear... Um, I heard stories already about you know police police officers who were able to pull people out, um, who were able to extricate themselves partially, but they would not have made it out if it wasn't for someone to be there to pull them out. So, you know, it's just uh, look, it's an unbelievable thing. I think, you know, when I was going through the process of writing about uh, Shiva and about and about mourning in general, I remember reading that you know one of the one of the things that we we tend to do right away is try and find answers. Like, you know, when our father passed away, right. you know, a lot of people <laughs> you know, to this day are giving explanations, you know, what we're supposed to learn from it, why it happened, and I have nothing against them. Some of them might be very, very plausible. But I think at a certain point, you know, if we really, really, truly believe in an almighty and we believe that whatever he does is for good, then, you know, us coming up with answers, it's very nice that we have answers for ourselves. But who says we're right? You know, like who says that? And, and trying to come up with an answer in a situation like this, where it's not like you know, it's not like our enemies tried to destroy us. It wasn't here? You have religious men, all men, of course, because that's who goes to Mayron, mostly men, um, from so many different streams of, of of orthodoxy. You know, being together, celebrating, and and and, and all of a sudden this happens. It's just. There really is no explanation that we possibly can come up with, and I know people are going to try and do that, and people are going to, yeah, but it's just sometimes, it's like we keep saying, it says in the Torah about Yidom Aaron, that Aaron, after his two sons were 
were killed, he kept quiet because yeah. there was no there was yeah. no questioning and no. So I think you know if you really you know truly believe it's a there's a famous book that uh, was written by Rabbi Maurice Land that everyone knows the Jewish ways and death and mourning, but. As I think I've said in the show before, he wrote another book called Consolation, right. which is an amazing book. And at the end of it, he quotes Rosolovitchik, where he talks about how if you look at a tapestry, how beautiful it looks from one side, if you turn it over and look on the other side, it's just a, a random collection of strings of threads that don't look at all like they belong as part of beautiful tra- tapestry. And that's, you know, we're seeing the threads, we're seeing the strings that are being woven together by a power that we have no understanding of. And yeah. I know it's easy to say this. <laughs> Believe me, I have my questions and I have, you know, who's to blame and who's responsible. And But, uh, you know, ultimately the bottom line is, you know, and I hope I hope that the families can get some comfort over the next thing because I, I, I just can't wrap my head around what they're going through now. Yeah, that's for sure. And the preciousness of life, we learn it again. We learn about the preciousness of life. We learn about one moment to the next, how one moment uh, a young man, a young child, can be enjoying the a, a great spiritual experience. Whatever you think of Mayron, it's certainly a great spiritual experience and one of great spiritual camaraderie. And the next moment, uh, unfortunately, could all be over. Rabbi Yigal Siegel, author of the book More Than a Tear, A Shiva Guide for Mourners and Consolers. He's with us live via telephone. Two last things. Were the two, and of course, every story's awful, but the two pairs of brothers, were they Jerusalemites? Um, I know at least one pair was, because their shiva house is, is very close to where I'm standing right now. Yeah. Um, what a terrible... I don't remember about the other two. Not, not, not that every story isn't awful. Every story obviously is, and every family's going to be changed forever, but those stories are just, they hit you in the heart in a in a much more powerful way. Well, the the story that came out today, which is accompanied with a video, which is which tears your heart, is uh, the story of the Rebbe who took his son and one of his students with him to Meron, and as a as a prize, as a reward for being good students, and uh. and he and he, you know, tried his best to save them, and and they both passed away. And you see him at the shiva. I mean, he himself is sitting shiva, obviously, and he's in a wheelchair because he was injured. He comes to the house of his student's father to pay a shiva call. It's, it's, it tears your heart. I mean, it just, it's, it's unbelievable what this guy must be going through. The level of, uh, the level of, of mourning is, is not to be believed. And finally, not really an attempt to end on a positive note, but I'm just curious if you, if you know. Yesterday, somebody was actually found healthy and 100% fine who was missing since early Friday morning? Yeah, it was someone from Beersheba. Unbelievable. Who it seems that they said that in the past he's also kind of like gone off on his own after Lag Bomer. So it could very well be he was in the forest, if anyone knows the, right. the forest between Meron and Sad. Right. Um, you know, there are a lot of people who camp out there in Lag Bomer and stuff like that. So could be he was just there and, uh, you know, that was it. But thank God, yeah, he was found. Unbelievable, I'll tell you. It seems every story from every angle happened during this episode. Uh, unfortunately, the majority of them really terrible. Rabbi Yigal Siegel, he's in Jerusalem. Um, Jerusalem and, of course, the rest of the country, uh, even after the official day of mourning, still in the throes of this terrible aftermath. The collective Jewish heart around the world continues to ache, as do we uh, here at JM in the AM. And um, we'll, we'll speak more about this in a few minutes when Rabbi Shlomo Katz joins us from Efrat. 
to discuss his perspective on all of this. Uh, Rabbi Yigal Siegel is author of the book More Than a Tear, a Shiva guide for mourners and consolers, and unfortunately too many people are sitting Shiva at this moment. He's also chief of staff for us here, a Jerusalemite for the last 16 years, chief of staff at the Nahum Siegel Network. Uh, Rabbi Yigal Siegel, I thank you, and we should speak on much better occasions. Thank you very much, sir. Monday morning broadcast, you're listening to JM in the AM. <laughs> 